Hello and welcome to or welcome back to my podcast, What About It? I'm your host, Addie, and today we have a very special guest, my favorite therapist, Miranda. <laughs> hello, hello. I'm Miranda. It's nice to be here with you today. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Of course. I'm so excited for today's talk. I'm always excited for our talks. I love just sitting down talking with you, so it should be good. Absolutely. I just love talking to you while we're in the chair because we go off on tangents. Oh my god, we are like squirrels bounce from here to here and there for every conversation. Mm -hmm. It's all over the place. I remember last time we were together, um, we just made TikToks. Oh my god, we did. Yeah, I forgot. (laughs) Listen, I work a lot. I forget what I even did this morning. So yeah, no. We do a lot of weird stuff. We do, but it's fun. It makes it more interesting. Okay, so Miranda, where are we today? We are actually in my studio. This is, I just finished my second week up here finally after, you know, being, renting a chair and everything. So it's a big transition from going from renting a chair to owning your own studio and everything. And I can honestly thank my mom a lot for it because she has helped me out a lot to get where I am. So we're in my studio called Coastal Couture. Are you enjoying having your own studio? It It is honestly amazing having my own studio. At first, I'm not going to lie, I was terrified. I'm like, am I going to miss being in the salon, surrounded by all the girls and everything? But actually, it is so much more peaceful and... I have a lot more, not intimacy with my clients, but it's a lot more intimate with my clients because like we can really talk about things and get more personal and I'm not bouncing around like a squirrel running off every five minutes because somebody's calling me over to help them. Like, so I get to have a lot more focus and one-on-one energy with my client. And I can honestly tell that my clients that have been in the suite so far, have they've all agreed they like it so much more. It's so much more quiet and they, I'm just a lot more happier and I didn't think I would be. I really thought that I would be regretting it and there were times where like there were nights I stayed up like sick to my stomach like is this the right move? Is this the right decision? I don't know what I'm doing. I looked at one spot and I was going to do it and you know a couple of my clients weren't going to come with me to this one spot and Location has a lot to do with everything because clients like comfort. They like stability. They don't like bouncing around and moving. And that scared me. And so I took a step back from that one spot and I went to my mom for help about everything. And we found this spot right here in the haunted Rogers Hotel. <laughs> and uh, we literally almost got stuck on the elevator this morning for Christ's sake. Yeah, but, elevators um, are scary. But <laughs> a lot of my clients that weren't going to come to my, to the spot that I was going to go to are uh-huh. they did come here and a, everybody has loved it up here but I love it because I feel like I can really be myself a lot more it's such a different breath of fresh air it's like mm-hmm. it's like stepping outside for the first time and it's like whoa mm-hmm. I why did I do this forever ago like why is it mm-hmm. taking me so long to get into a studio yeah. but I just wasn't there in my career but I knew it was time to take the next step. I was commissioned forever. I remember when I first started out, I was assisting, and then I was hourly, and then I was finally commissioned, and then I had to switch to booth rent, and now it's like the next step is studio. 
and so that's where we're at we are here today in the studio it is taking me probably eight years to get here wow. but here i am i have been doing hair ever since i could remember i remember being in high school and everybody's like what do we what do you want to do and i'm like i want to do hair and everybody told me i lived in a fairy tale land and now look at me i'm making more money than you girls <laughs> would you stay at home mom having self no job look at me and and i don't mean that really but to any stay-at-home moms love y'all but i just it's not for me i have to be doing something and i remember being in high school and getting everybody ready for prom and doing all that even though i didn't go to prom myself i got everybody else ready for prom hair and makeup and you know i really thought i wanted to be a dermatologist at first i really thought i wanted to get into the skin side of everything and you know, I took cosmetology just to, you know, learn the aesthetic, the esthetician side. And, you know, my mom was a hairdresser, and then I had a sister who was also in beauty school as well. And so I did it, and I ended up just having a natural knack for hair. And it's just something that I just, like, completely forgot about the dermatology and went straight on with hair. I did cosmetology in high school. And my cosmetology teacher actually kicked me out of cosmetology my no senior way. year on my 18th birthday. She kicked <laughs> me out because oh I said she didn't know how to cut hair. <laughs> but she was sitting there eavesdropping on my conversation like, nosy, if you don't want to know, then don't, then don't be eavesdropping, girl. Yeah. One of our friends' hair in class, she cut her hair. And me and that friend were at my house and my mom was like, your haircut's chopped up. And so my mom fixed her cut, and then we were back at school, and we were talking about it in cosmetology, and the teacher was on the other side listening. And I swear to God, she chased me around that whole entire cosmetology uh, <laughs> lab classroom. Every She chased me around, like, going off on me, like, yelling out personal information. Because, like, you know, I confided in her about a lot of things. She was yeah. my cosmo teacher. And she went blabbing all that stuff out loud for everybody to hear, and... I was just like, I wanted to get away from her as fast as I could, and I came back from Christmas break, and I was kicked out of cosmetology. But funny thing is, is that she actually brought a couple of her students to my mom's salon whenever I was still down in there, <laughs> and I was like, I have some successful students here, and I'm like, girl, don't you try to take credit for me, because you kicked me out of class, because I called you out, because... Yeah. You know, and maybe I was, it was 18. I probably shouldn't have said what I said about her, you know. Because, yeah. you know, she was my teacher and everything. But we were just girls gossiping. And mm -hmm. she got down on our level and and called out some of my business for sure, for sure. Um, but um, I just, yeah, I started it in high school. And then I ended up actually having to take a break from it because I got pregnant with my son. I have a five-year-old son. You know that. Um, yes. And I was really sick during my pregnancy, so I had to completely drop out of cosmetology. And because I was, I was trying to finish it at Navarro, yeah. And um, I had to drop out. And then I was in the hospital for a while while I was pregnant. And then I had my son, and then I went back to school. And um, I had to go to night school. And you know, my son's dad would go to work all day, and then my we're not together anymore. And my son's dad would go to work all day, and he'd come home because we were living at my mom's and he would watch him while I went to night school and I'd be there from 4 o'clock in the afternoon and I would stay till 11 o'clock at night and then it just wasn't getting it so I ended up actually having to I put I put my son in daycare um, because me and my son's dad separated so I put my son in daycare 
I worked at like a my mom's salon just for a little while, just to make some money to put him through daycare. And so then I went to school all day, and my mom helped me out so much with Reed when it was just me Reed living it with my mom, because if it wasn't if it was not for my mom, I would not be where I am at today. Um, despite you know me and my mom have some differences, but she is an Absolutely. amazing mom and a great grandmother. And I would not be where I was at today if it wasn't for her because she is who watched him for me while I finally got to go to day school. And I would literally be there from 8.35 in the morning to 11.14 at night. And I would go get those days just to get it done so fast. I'd have 1,500 hours. Now it's only 1,000 hours. But um, I wouldn't be where I was at today if I wouldn't have had my mom helping me. And I started off. Um, I went to the salon called Voss, and I started off there as an assistant. And I kid you not, I made maybe two hundred dollars every week. Like so, I made four hundred dollars every two weeks. I, you, you, but you have to start from the bottom. Voss was a great spot for me to go. The owner, her name was Rachel Voss, and I love that woman. She has an amazing program for girls that just get out. She has a great assistant and training program. And then my best friend, whose name is Hair by Cassie, she worked there. She's who got me the job there. And I assisted and trained under her. And that girl helped my career more than anything. She's my best friend. I'm actually a bridesmaid at her wedding now. Like We went to high school together and everything. And she just is honestly probably one of my biggest role models and who I look up to for hair. Because she's not only just like some famous Instagram girl from hair, she's also a best friend that I personally know. And if you know any hairdressers, like we all kind of have like the same chaotic energy. And yeah. she's just, she's not petty. She's not competitive. She's always wants to help out. So awesome. I have my mom and Cassie to thank for where I'm at today, sitting in the studio with you doing a podcast interview. I went on a little uh, tangent back there, but... Oh, that's okay. What would you say... Because obviously you have, you said that you have to thank, like, your mom and Cassie for where you are today. So how would you say... Or what would you say the importance of having that support system is? Oh, it's everything. Because it's a, it's a hard industry. Because you... If you don't have support then there's days where you just like you feel like you're not gonna make it because you start off making nothing like you literally start from the absolute bottom and having friends to support you to like you're gonna get past this like my mom telling me like you're gonna get through this my mom dropped out of high school when she was 16 and went to beauty school and then she had my sister and everything so she's been through a lot and so she was it was really great having her sit there and tell me you're going to get past this stage of not making any money. And Cassie told me the same thing. She's like, you're going to get past it. Because there's days where I felt like I've lost my passion for hair. Like, I've just, I've lost interest. I'm not making money. I'm not building up anything. Like, I'm struggling here. I thought Dallas was the spot. I thought that's where I needed to be to make all the money. But I really wasn't because the salon that I worked at was amazing. But there were so many of us in there. To where, like, if we couldn't get our client in... They were just rotated off to somebody else. So it was hard to keep a consistent clientele because, like, it was a commission salon. And that salon, you, 
salon is to make money and everything. And yeah. so, like, if I can't get that client in, somebody else can get that client in. Yeah. And so, it was just hard. It was really hard. So, and my son was also in speech therapy. So, I was having to do speech therapies in the morning. And my boss was amazing. Like, she would let me bring him to work. But it was just an inconvenience. So, I needed to take a step back. And the support of Cassie, because she was who I assisted under, who, who trained me. She even told me, Dallas isn't it. You need to go to Waxhatchee. Because my mom had just opened up a salon in November during the COVID pandemic, actually. She opened up our salon, True, uh, True Love Salons. And so that was in like November. And then I finally left Voss in February of 2021, I believe. I was about to hit my three-year mark of being at True Love, actually. And Cassie was like, you, you need to do what's best for you and you need to do what's best for your son. Because if I didn't have that support from Cassie and from my mom, I probably would have quit doing hair and just drowned. Like, because I just didn't know what to do anymore. I was giving up. Yeah. I was losing interest in everything. But support is so important, honestly. And my boyfriend now, Anthony, he is very supportive in what I do and always Absolutely. pushes me too. And you know, even though I'm in a way better position now, support to this day is still so important because raising a son, building a career, and trying to take different directions, different steps, it's impossible if you don't have support. Because, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. Absolutely. You need support to raise. You need support for anything you do in life. You need support yeah. going through high school because, and you need support going through college because there's always struggles and difficulties in life. And... Absolutely. If you don't have support, you can fall I, fall into depression and fall into just like not wanting to go anywhere and do anything and just giving Absolutely. up. And yeah. giving up is not an option for me because of my son. And so when I switched down here, the game changed for me. Uh-huh. I got to come down here and I built a clientele. And because it's home, because this is where I'm at, this is where I've grown up, the clients are a lot more personable. I get along with my clients so much more and they're so much more relatable down here and I I just have like a little family and my clientele is honestly like my family like there isn't a client to where I'm like oh I don't want to do her hair yeah um there are days where I'm like oh I don't want to do hair but I don't have a client that I don't want to do and I had clients in Dallas where I'm like oh my god I do not want to do this person's hair yeah. I just wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And because I had the support of my mom and Cassie, I was able to leave Dallas, come down to Waxahachie, and I built a clientele up because I just pushed and I pushed. Yeah. And it's hard with a, with, a, with a child to do all of that too because there are nights where I'd get off work and I would just cry because I, would, I was pushing myself so hard down here in Waxahachie mm-hmm. to build a career I had to leave my son with my mom a lot because I'm trying to do everything I can to make something of myself for him. I'm trying to become a very successful hairdresser for him to be able to give him everything in the world that he needs. And so there are days where I just felt like a crappy mom, where I would literally go to work at 9 a.m. and I'm not getting off till 9 p.m. And I, I get home and my son's asleep and I don't get to see him. And that would honestly happen three or four days in a row and I I'm thankful enough now to like I don't have to do that anymore 
I don't have to work a Saturday to be successful. I don't yeah. have to work all these long hours to be successful because I pushed myself so hard in the beginning. Now, do I work Saturdays and do I work long nights still? Yes, because I have to accommodate to my clients because yeah. I will do anything for my clients to be able to get them in and make their schedule fit. Um, 100%. But again, the, it's all about the support system that I have that makes everything be able to run as smoothly as it does now and all the long nights yeah. and the long hours and the tears and the anxiety finally has like paid off completely right. and I don't have to go through all that anymore yeah 100% so with having a child and trying to establish yourself has anyone ever judged you for trying to balance being a mom and <laughs> Oh my God, yeah. And you want to know what's even sadder? It's the people that are closest to you that judge you the most. It's not the outsiders looking in. It's yeah. the people that are supposed to be your support system that honestly judge you the most. And then want to use it against you. Like, well, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have been able to do what you did. Yeah. And it's taking me a long time to ignore that. And like, you know what? You can think whatever you want of me. I don't care. I busted my ass off to get where I'm at right now. And you don't get to take credit for that. Yes, you helped me. But you, you don't get do to take credit for it. And you don't get to judge me. And yeah. if you want to judge me, that's fine. Uh -huh. But I'm not going to let it bother me anymore. And so that used to bother me. It used to really irritate me. And you know... A lot of other people that judged me were people that like really didn't even know me. And yeah. you want to know, I saw this quote, and it was like, a lot of people can watch your story uh -huh. and not like it, but they're still watching, and they're still judging. Like, like you can have 400 That's views, good. and you can have 200 likes. And those 200 people that like it are the ones that are there for you, supporting you, and are happy for you. But the other one, haters are still going to watch, and haters are still going to talk. And there are people to this day that still talk crap about me, but they don't know me. Uh -huh. And then, you know, it, it's, and they, it's just taken me a long time to ignore it and be like, F you, I don't care. I, I don't care at <laughs> all what you have to say. You don't know what I had to do to get here. But a lot of judgment comes from the people that are supposed to be your support system, which honestly kind of sucks at sometimes, but... You just stand your ground and you don't let it tear you down. And it took me so long to get that through my head. What led you to figure that out and, like, finally get it through? Honestly, it it actually didn't happen. It happened, like, not too long ago. Really? Where I finally just, like, had enough of all the crap that, like, people were putting on me and people were saying about me and... I was ready to walk away from where I was at. Honestly, I just prayed about a lot of it. I prayed about what I should do and would write myself like little, I started writing quotes on my mirrors. Like, you are strong. You are a great mom. You are working, you're I would like, like affirmations. I started yeah. writing positive affirmations on the mirror. I started reading it every day and I turned I've always been a Christian person. I've always, but I just started turning it all over to God. And just like, instead of stressing about her or overthinking what they're saying about me, I just prayed. And it kind of like just broke the switch from like the only person that's 
judgment that I care about is God. And I don't care anymore what you have to say about me. And honestly, mm-hmm. since I stopped caring, they stopped judging. Huh. It's like I wasn't giving them the mm-hmm. um, reaction they wanted. Mm-hmm. And they just, it kind of just stopped. And I put my foot yeah. down and stood my ground. And things have made a complete 180, actually. Awesome. And, you know... Family is your biggest supporter, but family also will tear you down the hardest, too. And I've proven my family wrong a lot. I remember my dad and I have talked about it. And my dad has told me that he's so so proud of me, he can't even, like, wrap his mind around it. Because he thought that this was a fairy tale dream. That it wasn't going to become anything, that I wasn't going to be where I'm at today. But Mm -hmm. when he has people that, when he goes to work business, like, dinners... And the wives know who I am. And they brag about my work and everything. When he has people showing him my pictures of my work. Mm-hmm. And how if some... My dad does... Oh, he, he makes... He does very well for himself. He built mm-hmm. himself from the ground up. And he owns his own commercial construction company. So he makes very great money. And he knows that if something were to happen to him, I would be okay because I made something yeah. for myself. And... You know, my, I have a lot to think with my dad. My dad has financially supported me through a lot of hard things. And, mm-hmm. you know, most people can't say that. And, you know, most people have judged me for that. Oh, you have daddy's money or you have yeah. your family's money. And I'm grateful for it. And I used to let that one of the things that people would judge me for. Mm-hmm. And when I stopped letting them judge me for my family's wealth and helping me, mm-hmm. They stopped saying things about it because, again, I wouldn't give them the reaction that they wanted. Like, okay, yes, I have family support. That helped me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sorry that that bothers you so much, but I don't care that it bothers you anymore. And I'm not going to say sorry. I'm I'm just going to keep doing it. And proving my family wrong about how successful I am or how successful I became really is a great satisfactory for me because... They didn't think I would do it because yeah. I, I had a rough growing up. I was kicked out of high school. Um, the judge told me, judge threw me out of high school for truancy. Told me to go get my GED. He told me he didn't want to see me back. I wasn't allowed. It wasn't. I wasn't allowed on school grounds. You know, when I was pregnant and I, I was, I was sick. during cosmetology school, the uh-huh. the teacher kicked me out of cosmetology school. You know, that judge, whenever he kicked me out of high school. And um, I had a couple of teachers write some really good letters mm-hmm. to him for me. He let me back in. He let me get my high school diploma, but I had to do everything online at home. And he told me um, that he didn't think I'd ever become anything of myself. He told me that I, he could would squish me like the bug I am and that I'd never make anything of myself. So you know what? Screw you, Judge Karen, because here I am sitting in my own salon studio. So oh how do you like gosh. me now? That is how you like me. I was kicked out of high school. I've been kicked out of cosmetology schools. Uh-huh. And, you know, there were times where I thought I was not going to make it. Uh-huh. And now I get to sit here with you through a, I'll be 27 and in seven days, I'll be 27 years old. Wow. And I have been on this road since I was 18. Oh my so we're going gosh. on almost 10 years, actually. That's yeah, incredible. we're going on nine years. Um, but... Just you never give up. If it's yeah. something that you love and it's a dream you want to chase, it doesn't matter who stands in your way, what obstacle it is. If you can just, you know, honestly turn your life over to God and just pray about everything, you will get through so much stuff. 
-hmm. And it, oh God, I just remember being kicked out of high school thinking this is the end of the world. Uh -huh. I'm never going to become anything. I'm a bug. The, the judge just called me a bug. Literally, the judge just <laughs> fucking called me a bug, bro. He told me he would squash me like a bug. Who tells that to a high school? Oh, no, bro. I must be like a, a cockroach because I don't die because here I am. <laughs> here I am. How you like me now? But, dude, I, I went through so much stuff where I just thought I was never going to get through it. Uh -huh. And people just talk and you I finally hit a turning point of like, I just don't care what you say anymore because I am yeah. awesome, bro, and I did this. And yeah. I mean, regardless of the support that you had from your family. I did this. Like, they can't do it for you. Yeah. Like, yes, you had the financial support, but you were the one working late nights. You were the one building your own you know, there were nights like, I thought I was going to yeah. die at the salon. I'm going to die here doing hair. <laughs> I'm never going to leave this place. I'm going to. I'm going to die with a with a blow dryer or a foiling comb in my hand. I'm just going to go just like that. And you know, there are some nights where I still feel like, oh my god, I'm going to die here. I I live I live, eat, sleep, and breathe hair. I promise yeah. you, when I do die, though, they're not going to have to embalm my body because I'm going to be filled with so much bleach and formaldehyde from <laughs> doing Brazilian blowouts. I'm gonna—I swear to God, I'm going to live forever. I'm never going to yeah. age. Like, <laughs> I've sniffed so much bleach, it like mixing up bleach and everything. I literally just—I'm like, no, there's there's no killing me. I can breathe in bleach and I'm fine. So, yeah. hence the cockroach comment. I cannot be killed. I cannot be stopped. As you should. You can't be stopped. No. <laughs> I didn't get squashed like a bug and I breathe bleach every day. What up? How do you not get a headache from breathing? That's dude's all the coffee and Red Bull. There's, there's no room. There's no room. I drink two coffees and two Red Bulls like in five hours. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm jacked up, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I feel like I drink one coffee and I'm like shaking. Do you not see hours. like how I slammed my coffee as soon as I got it and you're just over here still drinking? That's more? true. Mine's not even like halfway gone and yours is completely gone and we've been here for like two hours. Oh, I could have gone through two more by now. Like, if there was a Red Bull in that fridge, I'd already cracked it. Hunter and Tampa cracked cold one, baby. You're like, you're like, I would have cracked it already, and I would have finished it, like, completely. Yeah. Wow. Thought about taking your coffee, to be honest. Honestly? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, with creating your own salon, how have you been able to, or how have you established your own style in such a competitive competitive industry dude that's such a like interesting question because i have gone through so many styles mm -hmm. trying to find what fits me and i have tried you know like the hippie i've tried you know the country i've tried all of it but what i've come to figure out is like i i get i can i have all the styles yeah i love being a hairdresser, I get to play Barbie every single day. I swear to God, I get to be Barbie every day. I can dress up in whatever I want. One day, I'm going to come in looking like this little, I don't know, very don't elegant. Know Maybe that's oh, what I was looking yeah. for. Like, precious. Like, I'll come like in looking like, proper. yeah, I'll come in like with a little bow in my hair and like long dresses. But then the next day, I swear to God, I will walk in looking like I belong in a rap video. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm dripping in gold chains. I got saggy cargo pants and a cro and like a 
a crop top, and the next day I'm gonna come in wearing a hot pink skirt with literally a Barbie sweatshirt. And I, I but I have seen you in all of the above, and I love it. So I stuck with a lot of neutral colors. I don't. My mom's salon, it's beautiful. Like it, my mom's salon made behind the chair um, for their salon decor. Like she has gorgeous style. My mom. If she wasn't a hairdresser, she definitely 100% probably should have been a decorator, interior decorator. Oh, yeah. Um, but I just kind of wanted to get away from all that. I love the neutrals, the browns, the blacks, the creams, the tans, the beige, like all of that. And I'm not really a flowery girl. Yeah. I, I have a lot of pompous grass. My, my studio, when you walk in, it's literally cream beige, pompous grass everywhere, checkered. That's where like I came up with the name, like Coastal Couture. Uh -huh. I'm very beachy, but then I'm also very bougie. Yeah. And I love just kind of like very coastal, and that's why I was just I, I don't remember who I was talking to one day in the salon, and I was just kind of like I'm very coastally, but I'm also Couture. -y. And I remember specifically saying that and I was like I'm Coastal Couture, and because. You know, there are a bunch of other boutiques like Coastal or uh, Couture Cowgirl or Coastal Cowgirl or like, you know, things like that. There are other uh -huh. boutique names like, like I'm both. Yeah. And it's kind of what I want to do with my song. I love like the hippie boho, but then I also love like the dripping in Chanel type things. Like, girl, let me drip, let me walk around dripping in a uh, gold Chanel necklace. Like, please. But then I also love the very earthy vibes and like, that's where the coastal vibe comes in and um it took me a while to find my style and i'm not gonna lie like frank cassie like i mentioned earlier she's been one of my biggest inspirations my biggest role model someone that i have looked up to literally forever and like when i say me and that girl go back me and that girl go way back to be a little 16 year old hoodlums <laughs> stealing from claire's oh my god wrecking oh my, my trunks I remember I, I caught her ex cheating one time and like we showed up on him like I went and picked her up oh my god Cassie if you hear this please don't kill me for telling that story but like I picked her up and we showed up on him and like me and that girl have been through so much and that girl right there is probably the only person in my entire life like friendship wise that I've never gotten to a fight with we have really? never argued we have never fought. We have never said anything ugly because we are both just on the same wavelength. Uh -huh. We have never said anything ugly to each other. We have never called each other a name. And she has been one of my biggest supporters. She knows all, I, all the stuff I've been through with my family from me losing my sister to my parents getting divorced to changing changing like locations. And just, just, she's just been there and she's never had anything negative to say that means so much to me as a friend because i she's the only friend because you know family family is always going to be there but she's the yeah. only non-blood person like the only mm -hmm. friend that, that has been there and supported me through everything and never talked about me behind my back never said anything ugly so she, she we have a lot of similarities we both have sisters that have passed away we both have um older brother but like our sisters passing away is kind of like what like we really like how about we just and like our energy and our vibe and our style like it just always has kind of been on the same wavelength but like she is who was like helped me kind of find me and helped me get my style so Cassie has a lot to do with everything in my career from my style to my techniques because she's who she's who taught me 
Yeah. She's who I went and trained with, and she's who taught me so much. And, like, you know, again, I wouldn't be here without my mom, but I wouldn't be here without Cassie. And she was never, she's not that stylist. Where, like, if I ever need help with anything, boom, she sends me formulas. She sends me anything. She doesn't, she's not a gatekeeper. She And she's... She's not like a pick me girl gatekeeper. She's a very like she just truly wants the best for you. Yes. And you know, that's hard to find in this world because man, girls are mean. They are very, very mean. I don't like people. (laughs) You know, you know, it's Christmas time and I understand why the Grinch didn't hate Christmas. The Grinch hated people. And I get why he hated people. But she's just never judged. Never, and it's hard, like I said, it's hard to find that in a friend because mm-hmm. girls are spiteful. Girls will stab you in the back and sleep with their boyfriend in the same damn night and do anything and everything like that. And when I found, like, they'll know your boyfriend's cheating on you. They won't do anything about it. They won't say anything. Yeah. And they're just, some people are just crappy in this world. And 100%. they'll talk crap about you, and it all gets back and twisted, but never Cassie. Yeah. Never, ever, ever Cassie. And... People have talked a crap about me to Cassie, and Cassie literally shuts them down. Like, she has shown me messages where someone has tried to talk about me, and she instantly shut them down and told them she didn't want to talk to them anymore. And, like, wow. like have my back. And so that girl, like, I got a lot of my style from her just because of how much she means to me and how much I look up to her. And she's so successful. Like, she has been in behind, nominated for Behind the Chair. Yeah. I don't know how many years in a row. She's definitely going to win it for sure. This like I know she's going to win it soon. Um, she just She's who inspired me to get my own studio, to be honest. She switched and she got her own studio. And so she's who inspired me to push and do it. Yeah. And just so, like, she's a, my biggest role model. And, you know, and I love hair. Like, I love Maine Ivy. I love Daniel and Beauty. Chris Robin, they're all major successful famous hairdressers. And Cassie, like her her Instagram's like thirty thousand. Like she yeah, Cassie is a famous hairdresser. But she's so much more than that to me. Like I don't look at her and be like, Oh my god, my best friend's a famous I don't look at her like my best friend's a famous hairdresser. I look at her as like my best friend is so successful Uh and I'm gonna be that one day. Yeah. Like I look up to her for every goal and I always hit it and she always helps me hit my goals. And I've gotten so much from her from yeah. like I said, style to technique. But I've also put my own twists on everything. Yeah. And I was like I, I mean there's been moments where I've inspired her and she tells me like where she gets things from me and like I love it when she comments yeah. on my Instagram posts. It's like we went to a concert, right? We but we me and her love Jesse Murph. And so I bought her surprise Jesse Murph tickets for her birthday. Oh. And my my old assistant, Rachel, was there. And like I trained Rachel. So we were all standing there at the concert. I'm like, look, Cassie, I'm like, you trained me and I trained her. I'm like, it's like a line of generations. Yeah. And like it's, it's a full stems, circle. Yeah, moment. it stems from Cassie. Cassie trains and teaches so much. She's gonna be a great education uh, girl. Uh-huh. Like she's she's gonna do big things and like I wanna be just like that. So Yeah. I Cassie helped me find my style and become I am. But then I fashion wise, I just like being Barbie and dressing up every day and changing the vibe up all the time. Like I'll go from hippie to rock star to rap video to um like some Bridgerton vibes. Like very yes. that was the word I was looking Bridgerton? for. Bridgerton? Yeah. Yes, like it just it just changes my outfit wise, but yes. try to keep everything else neutral. 
So circling back, you said that you and Cassie really bonded over both losing your sister. So how did losing your sister whenever you were younger affect your family and the dynamics? Oh, man. Um, So it was 15 days after my 13th birthday. So my birthday is December 17th. And she passed away on New Year's Day. She, um, she was, she, she had dated this one guy since, um, uh, high school. Like, she'd been with him forever. And he was not a good guy. Like, he was a total dilly dude. Like, Mm -hmm. not cool at all. Yeah. And treated her like crap and always cheated on her. And, oh my god. My parents were getting divorced before my sister passed away, actually. Uh-huh. And so I remember, like, uh, my mom, like, uprooted me and my sister. Well, my sister wanted to go with my mom, but she took me. And we ended up, I remember we lived in a motel for, like, two months when I was, like, in fifth grade. Um, because, like, my dad took care of us. My mom yeah. didn't have a job. She was a stay-at-home mom. Uh-huh. And, you know... She had to like she had to like like secretly put money away and everything like I I don't know how she did to be really honest, but we got like a uh, we got like a, a motel we lived there for two months I remember that and I was going she was having to take me from like it was like a Dallas motel too and we have to go from oh, Dallas yeah. to Red Oak every day and like we got kicked off my competitive cheer team so it was really hard with my parents getting divorced so then my mom got a job as a hairdresser in Dallas starting off as an assistant actually. Uh-huh. Did she start at the same place that you started at, or was it no, no, no. Place? She was at another place called Blanc Salon. I actually worked there for a while too. When I was in high school, I was a receptionist there. So before I even, you know, started doing cosmetology, I was a receptionist uh-huh. at a hair salon. So then we finally got an apartment in Plano called Austin Ranch, and we lived there. And um, well, actually, I take that back. We got an apartment in Red Oak. Mm-hmm. We were living in Red Oak for a while, and then my mom ended up moving us out to Plano moved to Plano. My brother stayed with my dad and me and my mom and my sister went to Plano mm-hmm. and we were living in Austin Ranch. So the divorce was really just hard because I didn't, I didn't get to see my dad. My parents were fighting. It was just it was just nasty. And yeah. then, so things were going bad before my sister uh-huh. passed away. Like they were already They were already bad. really bad. Well then my sister was driving. She was in Red Oak mm-hmm. seeing her boyfriend and he told her to leave. Um, so I think he was having somebody else come over. So she ended up leaving and she's driving home at like one or two AM and she ran out of gas on the Dallas toll road. Like literally she was probably seven minutes from where we lived. And they say the most fatal accidents happen closest to home. And boy, is that true. She, and the Dallas toll road shoulder is huge. I mean, it is massive. It's a big shoulder. And, um, this man, he was coming, his name is Kerry Williams. I believe that his name is Kerry Williams. He was coming up on the oncoming ramp and he hit her from behind. And he was doing about 80 miles per hour when he hit her. And so when she passed away, her brain stem disconnected from the back of her brain. So it was like lights out, like she didn't feel nothing. She was still breathing on her own when the ambulance got there and everything. And I'll never forget the day in the courtroom. And the guy, this man came in. And he said that he was driving, and he drove past her. And he remember he remembers like he he she had her hazard on and everything. And he was uh-huh. gonna pull over and stop, and he didn't. And he just looked back at his rearview mirror, and he watched her get hit. And that's when he instantly pulled over, went back, called nine one one, everything. 
Um, but it was really hard on my family when my sister passed away. You know, my dad was trying to fight and get my mom back. My mom didn't want back. And, like, my mom shut down after my sister passed away. Like, she, like, locked herself in her room for two weeks. Like, we had, I had family staying at the apartment with us. But it was hard. It was really hard. It kind of separated all of us. It put wedges in between all of our relationships. And we all, you know, I rebelled. I fought with my mom. I fought with my dad. I mean, I, I partied. I did drugs at like fourteen years old. I was fourteen. I'll say it. I was fourteen years old. Just moved back home, sneaking out of my house, going to like college parties, like sneaking off for the weekend at fourteen, fifteen years old. I was sexually assaulted when I was sixteen, and I I didn't tell anybody. They didn't tell my parents. I couldn't talk to my parents. There was no relationship that I felt like I had with my parents. Like, you know, I went through a lot. It was hard. It was really hard. Um, the last words that I ever said to my sister were, were, I hate you and I hope I never see you again. And so that was something that it took me years to finally get over. We were, I'll never forget it. We were coming home from... I have a cousin, her name's Nicole, we're the same, we're like four months apart. Uh-huh. And we, my, my sister had to drive her back all the way to Breckenridge, Texas, which oh was like two gosh. and a half hours from where we lived. Dang. It's like back there by Abilene, middle of BF, nowhere. Yeah. So my sister was mad that we had to drive her there and drive her back, drive back home and everything. And I'll not forget it, we were fighting in the car. Right when we were about to be home, we'd been in the car each other for like six hours, we were over each other. Yeah. Um. I wanted to listen to Taylor Swift. She didn't want to listen to Taylor Swift. We got into a big old fight in the car. Then we ended up like slapping at each other too. And then we get home to the apartment, and uh, I was I was so mad at her. I was so mad at my sister. And I was sitting in my room, and she like said something as she walked by. She was leaving, and I was like, I hate you. Know, I never see you again. And those are the last things I ever said to my sister. I never saw her again. The last time I saw her, she was in a casket. I never got to see her again. And those words haunted me. And I was 13 years old when I, I just turned 13. So I remember during that summer when I was 13, living in those apartments, I smoked weed. I did cocaine. I was partying with all these college people at these pools. I was lying about how old I was. I was 16. And I started drinking. And I started partying. And then my mom... I don't know if she really knew, knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, but I had a journal, and I think she found the journal. And we ended up moving back to our old house that I grew up in, in Lancaster. Uh-huh. And um, it's where I lived my whole life until we had to move. And so when we moved back home after my sister died, finally, it just triggered me even more because, like, this is the house that built me, the house that I grew up in. And now yeah. I'm back here, and I have to look at my sister's room every day, and... Think about it. Think about the last thing I said to her. Think about how I told her I hated her. I thought I was gonna go to hell for what I said to her. I thought like that was I was, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I just never stopped partying. I was literally in eighth grade. <laughs> Not real. I was in eighth grade, and I was smoking weed. I was drinking. I was sneaking off, going to college parties, and then that continued. Honestly, 
And until I was like 18 or 19, I mean, I got kicked out of high school. I wouldn't go to school. I got in so many fights with people. Mm-hmm. I got in so much trouble at school. I never went to DEAP, though, thank God. Literally fought with my parents. Like, hell, I had no relationship with my brother. I hated my brother, honestly. I don't know why I did, but I did. I thought he was such a jerk. And I just hated my, I just hated, hated life. I hated my family. I hated everything. I hated, I hated what my, that I had to move to Plano. I hated what I said to my sister. Um, I got forced into going to anger management classes and like and therapy. And that just made me even more mad. Yeah. And where like, I finally, and like, my parents don't even know this, to be honest. I finally went and saw a therapist when I was like 19, 20. I ended up actually getting arrested for weed when I was like 19 mm-hmm. and I got on probation and that kind of straightened me out a little bit like going to those classes and everything and um maybe talk about a lot of things yeah I finally was talking and I finally started seeing a therapist after I got on probation and then I met my son's dad and then after three months of knowing him I got pregnant mm-hmm. and so it took me a long time to get over her death and my long time to be able to say that I know my sister is not mad at me for what I said, but it definitely drove a wedge between all of them. It's like I really never got the time to grieve because I spent so much time rebelling mm-hmm. and being mad about everything from when I was 13 to when I was like 19. I was off doing things that I had no business doing. At 16 years old, I was at a party and I got so incredibly drunk. And uh, this guy ended up, like, taking me into his room. And I'll never forget, like, everybody watched him basically just, like, pick me up and, like, kind of throw me over his shoulders and take me in there. And I remember, like, asking everybody, like, help pretty much. Nobody nobody listened. And I remember just laying there in his room and, like, him... him, Like, him raping me and just seeing all these red lights and, like, these snakes. Because he had, like, pet snakes and red lights everywhere. And then, like, when he was finally done, like, I remember just, like, crawling out of there. Because, like, I don't know if something got put in my drink, but I know that, like, there's no way I could have been that drunk to not been able to, like, defend myself or, like, stop him. And then when I came crawling out of that room, people finally took it seriously, and I, I, uh, I just wanted to come home. Yeah. I didn't go to the hospital. I didn't report it. I didn't do anything like it. And honestly, I wish I would have, but I didn't. You know, you thought you'd think that would have woke me up, but it actually just made it worse. It made yeah. me want to drink more. It made me just not want to remember it. Yeah. It meant so it it definitely made things way 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 worse. Yeah. But when I finally got help and talked, I let go of so much anger from my parents. As my I blame my parents' divorce for my sister's death for sure. I definitely did, and you know, as for my parents, I don't know how it really affected them just because I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't care how it affected anybody else but but myself and I I drowned. Like I drowned in myself. So like when I say like I went through a lot of shit to be able to to sit where I'm at right now. Wouldn't take any of it back because it made me who I am today. Wish I would have done things some done some things differently. I wish I wouldn't have partied so much. I wish I would have yeah. cared how my parents felt. But my sister passing away definitely made all of us drift apart made the whole family just like separate yeah like my dad and brother were here me and my mom stayed over here yeah 
I just didn't care about my family. And that's why I got kicked out of high school. That's why I just went through so much crap. And then when I finally got help and I got pregnant, when I got pregnant, that really changed things around because there was no more doing anything like that. Like I had a son. Yeah. So you had to learn how to health, like be healthy. Yeah. And take care of him in a healthy way. Yeah, and, I, and like not just like healthy on my body, but like. But you can eat, you can eat good. You can go to the gym. Yeah. But if you don't take care of yourself, your heart and your head, uh-huh. you're still always going to be unhealthy. Yeah. And absolutely. My son, honestly, saved my life. So he he changed everything for me. Like. Yeah. I will never forget the day I had him. Like I went through hell this damn pregnancy. I was sick, throwing up every damn day, and I was like, oh, this baby. <laughs> but oh, he was so worth it and that is my best friend and I've never I don't I don't go out I don't probably do anything like that anymore I've yeah. never cared to do anything like that anymore just because like it's not about me anymore it's about him yeah I think my son helped my family heal from my sister mm-hmm. because my dad and my son are best friends and my mom is obsessed with my son and like my mom has said that like my Reed fixed all the broken pieces from my sister. Yeah. From my sister passing away, Reed Reed helped mend her heart. Mm-hmm. And so I think Reed was a gift from God to help the help my family. Absolutely. Because he has made me and my dad a lot closer. Mm-hmm. He has made me and my brother a lot closer because my brother has a daughter, Copley. And so you know, they're always wanting to be together. They're cousins. They're only a year apart. Um, Amanda's passing made a big impact on our family, but mm-hmm. Reed being brought into this world, yeah. I feel like kind of corrected that impact and yeah. brought everything kind of back together to how it's supposed to be. I was like, you know, God's got a plan for everything. And he knew what he was doing. Absolutely. I didn't know what I was doing, but he did. <laughs> Obviously, like, just... Coming here and being your client, you don't see all of the things that you've gone through. But just hearing you, like, sit here and tell your story and share how you've really, truly put yourself back together and how Reed has put your family back together, like, it is incredible because there's so many other ways that you could have gone. Like, you could have continued down the road that you were on and done more bad things like there's just so many different ways that your life could have gone but you chose to pick yourself back up and have that support system and just really create this life for yourself it there were a lot of days where I wanted to go down those dark roads and just not try and not care but yeah like I said me getting pregnant was my saving grace Mm-hmm. And um, I wouldn't regret that. I wouldn't. T- I wouldn't change anything for the world. That little boy. Like me and his father are not together. We do. We we separated while while I was pregnant. We separated. Um, then we got back together after I had him, and then we separated after he was one. And mm-hmm. um, he wasn't in Reed's life for three years. He we separated and. You know, he served me, I went, and we went to court, and, you know, we got papers set in order, and he, it, his dad just didn't come around, and um, we're, we're past it now, but for almost three years, he wasn't in Reed's life. Like, he came in Reed's life 
when he was four in right after he turned four so Reed's birthday's in May so his dad started coming back around like in August after he turned four so he was there for his fifth birthday and everything but his dad is married and they have a son together and our son's birthdays are one day apart they're four years and one day apart and um but me and his dad we get along great we co-parent great we don't care about our problems or our issues we know that the most important thing is Reed me uh-huh. and um, my son's dad's wife get along great. She, I think she's, I think she's funny. I think she's a good mom. I think she's a good stepmom. Um, as long as she's cool to re- go with Reed, then we're cool. Like no yeah. problem. So is yeah. Reed's dad like more a part of Reed's life? Yes, now? he is definitely one hundred percent back in Reed's life. Like mm-hmm. he is there, and we talked, and I was like, I don't know why you didn't come back. He said, Well, I thought like you were telling me no because he was really surprised. Because my grandpa died, and that's when he messaged me, like, when my grandpa died, about wanting to see him. And I was like, well, I'm out of town for my grandpa's funeral. But, yeah, you can see him. And, like, it shocked him that mm-hmm. I was like, yes. And we, we sat down, we talked, and I told him, I said, I would never keep your son from you. I'm not that person. Yeah. I never wanted to keep him from you. You just kept yourself from him. It wasn't me. Yeah. But we're good. We're past everything. We get along great. We co-parent great. Everything's fine with me and him. Because... I watched my parents go through not getting along and everything, and I was like, I'm not going to do that to Reed. And he, his parents, same thing. When his when Reed's dad's parents, so Reed's grand, other grandparents, when they got my, oh my God, I'm getting so tongue-tied. Tongue-tied. It's okay. It's okay. Reed's dad's parents, he watched he watched his self go through, his parents go through all that too. And we both have agreed we do not want our, we do not want Reed to have to ever yeah. deal with us being ugly to each other. And we don't fight or argue. So we get along great. So that's awesome. Everything's smooth sailing because I refuse to have drama. I was like, nope, we're not having problems. Yeah. Do you think that, like, if he was not married currently, do you think that y'all would have ever nope. gone back together? <laughs> Hell no. No. <laughs> no, you don't get to finish that sentence. Hell no, girl. <laughs> no. You're like, there's no, no shot in no. the world. No. Fat chance in hell that would ever. No. He's a great dad. Uh-huh. The God, that was a dumbass decision of mine. Like, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't take it back for the world because I have Reed uh-huh. and everything. But like, no, we are too. We just he wants a different life that I wanted than I could give. Uh-huh. He didn't like that I went to school at night. He didn't like that I was gone at night. I'm like, well, I'm trying to build a career. Like, I'm like, how do you expect me to make money and not go to school? He thought yeah. that I would get out of school and go to the bars. I'm like, you're so stupid, dude. Like, no, <laughs> I wasn't. You're like, I am just trying to make a name for myself. Literally. And he sees that I made something for myself because we've said it. And he's like, yeah, you did it. You have a brand new house. You have a brand new 2024 Tahoe. Like, you definitely did it. And I was like, yeah. You just had to give me some time. Uh, But I just, I left. I I left him. I left him because he was cheating. And there was no, no. He cheated whenever I was pregnant. So I left him then, and we got back together, and he was cheating on me then, and he married the girl that he cheated on. And so, like, it all worked. It was, it was yeah. God's plan. Like, him and Michaela are so happy together. They have a beautiful family together. I love seeing them. Like, they came over on Thanksgiving, and we all hung out. Like, uh-huh. it's great. But, no, even if, if he was not married, or even, it'd still be a no. Yeah. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> like, fat chance in hell. Like, pigs would have to be flying and hell would have to freeze over. 
My God, even if that was maybe not even then. No, <laughs> so aliens better come down from this from the sky or something. I don't even know, but like I just don't like it's just no. My boyfriend now, oh my god, even though I want to wring his damn neck, he's who he's my person. Yeah. He really is. Like we connect on such a different level that like I could never connect on with Reed's dad. I think I was in love I think I loved the idea of yeah. who Raymond was. Yeah. But then once I got with him, I was like, oh, no, no. But I got pregnant after three months of being with him. So. Yeah. Kind of got stuck with him for another 18 years after that. So. <laughs> You're like, well, now I have to be around him. No, I don't have to be around nothing. That's true. I'm going to be around squat. I'm like, all right, you, you, he gets him on the week with you. Yeah, no, we get along really good. And because, I mean, Reed has a half brother. So yeah. like, we have to get along. Are right? they close? Not close in age or anything, but, like, Reed does love his little brother. And his little brother is so cute. He really is a cute kid. Like, so Raymond got the life he wanted. And I'm so, I couldn't be more happy for his dad, honestly. And he's living the life that he always wanted. But I didn't want that life that he wanted. Yeah. Not, not, I wasn't ready for it. I was ready. Because, like, he proposed to me. Like, we were engaged in everything. Oh, like, wow. he proposed. We were engaged. He was ready to settle down, get married, boom, boom, boom. But I was ready to start my career. Yeah. Like That's what I was focused on, and God me. knew that. God knew I needed this little boy to save me, uh-huh. but I was not ready to do what He wanted. Cause like no one's gonna tell me what to do. Yeah, I want. I was. I was. I was after the money and after the, the career, and that's what yeah. I went after. And now, I have Anthony, and we both still want to chase after her. We're, we're both not ready to get married or settle down yet. But we yeah. don't. We both know we want to marry. We want to get married and have kids. But like in like our thirties, like yeah. there's no rush. There's no. There's no need to like to rush it right now. Because mm-hmm. right now I am here to make a name for myself. Yeah. And for my son, and like to let him have something to be proud of and see like my mom yeah. started down here and made it up here. And you know my dad did the same thing. Yeah. My dad, there he is from Abilene. And they literally were like dirt poor when he was growing up. Yeah. And he did it. He became, he, me and my dad went through a lot of the same things. Like, and uh-huh. my dad was successful and became something of himself. And my dad even tells me he see he sees him in me with, with uh-huh. how drived I am. My brother and I are different people. My brother, <laughs> if, if something happened to my dad, my brother is SOL. Oh, no. Not really. My brother is a roper. He works for my dad's company. Yeah. Because it's crazy. Like, I do hair just like my mom, and my brother does commercial construction just like my dad. So we both, like, follow in our parents' footsteps. But I have the drive, like my dad. Yeah. And my brother has the squirrel bouncing off the wall like my mom. Like, when an idea gets in their head, they're going to do it. Yeah. But my dad and I fight for the long-term plan. Yeah. And so my dad has told me, like, he never in a million years would have dreamed or thought that. Because I hit six figures last year. Last year wow. was my first year. I hit six figures. I, That's and so and my, I sat down and did all my taxes and everything with my dad. And his jaw just dropped. Because the year before that, I was in like the... I just remember when I started, I was making $200 a week. To yeah. now I make $2,000 like a day if I want to. And I finally hit six figures last year. Uh-huh. 
The goal is to eventually hit seven, seven figures. That's the goal, baby. That is the goal to make seven figures. But I finally hit my first six figures last year. And it, where's my damn money is what I want to know. <laughs> shit, I don't feel like I made six figures. Oh my God. I feel like I'm just like breathing. Like, <gasps> oh my God, where's all my money? But I mean, things add up. Like yeah. studio rent, daycare. Even though my kids in kindergarten, daycare. My God, daycare. Yeah. Doesn't stop growing. It just just can't stay in the same size clothes. Um, just yeah. bills, man. I I I have so many bills a month. Yeah. It kind of blows my mind and everything. <laughs> but I'm able to finally afford all my bills and still live comfortable and the live the life to live. But you know what? I've given too much credit to my mom and Cassie. I wouldn't be here without my clients. Yeah. I wouldn't be here without the loyalty of my clients and always being there and always supporting me and always listening to me, you know. And my clients have been there through me. And it's like I have clients that will text me they're, that they're pregnant before they even post it or they even tell anybody else. Like, I have built a life with these clients. Like, I'm in a relationship with all of my clients. Like, we're all we're all together. Like, we all yeah. like, like yeah, um, 100%. And I'm their therapist, and, but and but they're my little therapist too, and mm-hmm. my clients are the reason that I am here today. My clients that I've built for the last three years here are why I'm in this studio, because I don't sit here and charge an arm and a leg, because I give quality work, but I have quantity of clients, because I don't charge so much. I charge a reasonable price because mm-hmm. you know what i might be worth this but it's worth lowering the prices to have the big clientele that i have mm-hmm. because you can have quality or you can have quantity and you can have quality quantity and that's mm-hmm. what i feel like i know it's kind of like tongue twister but <laughs> i feel like and i have clients from all around this world and a little sneak peek thing me and my mom are collabing and we are creating true love couture extension line and we are doing it together we are dropping an extension line i'm so excited i can't wait the people that were using that were you know the company that like i'm going with my for my hair and everything that we're Uh using they love us they love the name they love the idea because we are we are surrounded by a bunch Mm -hmm. we are in like this like 10, 12 like mile radius. Center. Yes. But I I have three girls that they all come together on the same day. And I do all three of their hair on the same day. And they all drive from Stephenville. They all get in the car and they all come together. And they all book their appointments oh on the same day. Talk about a long day right there, girl. Yeah. So with having this large clientele and with having all of the people that are very different. Like, because you have a wide range of clientele, and they're all very different people. So, what would you say that your role is in building their individuality and their self-confidence through doing their hair, through doing their makeup? Letting them talk about them. Being, feeling their vibe, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I am Christian and everything, but you can read someone's energy. When you are messing in someone's head... When you are physically touching their head, mm-hmm. you can feel when your client isn't happy. You can feel when they're upset. You can feel their vibe. You can feel that energy. Mm-hmm. And when they first walk in, you just kind of read them. And, like, I know 
how I need to be. It's kind of like being a chameleon. It's weird. You adapt yeah. to your surroundings. You have to be able to be a hairdresser. You have to be a people person. Mm-hmm. You cannot be a shy, quiet person because if you're shy and you're quiet, they're not going to like you. And yeah. so when I get those clients that are shy and quiet, I know that, all right, I got to bring her out of her bubble. I need to let her know that, you know, she can be comfortable with me. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of be a goofball. And I make them laugh. You yeah. know, I've always thought that I should be a stand-up comedian. Because sometimes I be cracking myself up. Like, <laughs> I am doing so good at containing my language during this whole podcast interview. Because I normally be dropping the F-bomb. Like, And I am so proud of you. I am so proud of myself, too. Round of applause. Round of applause. <laughs> um, but, like, you know what's crazy? Is that, like, I get some clients to where I would never think in a million years that they would be the way they are. Like, there's this one client, I'm not going to say her name, but she used to give me so much anxiety when I started doing her hair. Like, she she was from Tennessee, and she messaged me, and she was like, I've been stalking all your work. You're IBE certified. I talked to my other hairdresser. I want you to send me pictures and videos of, like, your work and your install. And some people would have been like, I don't have to prove anything to you. But I was like, okay, I'll prove it. I'll show you that I can do it. Yeah. And so when I started doing her hair, excuse my burp, gross. <laughs> um, thanks for that coffee for sure. Um, oh, 100%. <laughs> second win, second win. Yep. And so finally, one, I've been doing her hair for so long. Mm-hmm. She got pregnant too, and I did her hair through all of her pregnancy. And then she slipped after she had her baby. She's like, oh, I can smoke a joint now, finally. And I was like, what? You smoke weed? I'm sorry if that's not okay to talk about on your podcast. No, I was fine. like, oh. But you my. were just bad. I was mind boggled, bro. Like, And it's funny. It's it's so crazy. The, a lot of people that you wouldn't think smoke, smoke. I'm like, oh, I would never have pictured you. She was like, oh, me and my husband every night, girl, on the back patio. And she's like, this damn baby that was in me, I wasn't able to do it. I'm like, and she was like, so I'm sorry if I was ever bitchy for the last nine months. And I'm like, and I finally told her, I was like, you gave me the worst anxiety ever doing your hair. She's like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I do that. And she's like, she's like, I know. She's like, yeah, people are very intimidated by me. And I'm actually probably the coolest person ever. I just don't talk a lot. But it took me a while to build her up to Mm -hmm. talk. And, like, if I have a client that's very quiet and shy, I I know how to act with each client. You have to be able to be a people person. You have to be able to be able to talk to any and every person. And that's why, like, my boyfriend does not like taking me out because I can talk to anybody. Yeah. I can talk to a wall, and I promise you that thing will talk back. I will get, you would have fun. I would get that wall to talk yeah. back. It'd probably tell me to shut the hell up, but, you know. But I just make sure I let the clients know mm-hmm. it's all about them. Yeah. For the first appointment, then it's all about me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. It's like you get your moment, and then I need mine. Now. Yeah. No, but I let the client know that like it's all about them. Mm-hmm. They're but being up here in the studio though, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a lot more like I said intimate. Like when we first started, it's a lot more intimate up here in the studio because mm-hmm. now they're like nobody's listening. I can talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about. Yeah. And without judgment too. Yes, and. 
it's like the clients that come to my chair that this like they're they know like they're gonna be cool and everything mm-hmm. but then like i have my girls that come from allen first of all she came and found me for a bob haircut i'm like excuse me man i'm a blonde extension specialist and you want to come see me for a brunette bob haircut <laughs> but you know i slayed it i did it i killed it i was like but I know how to act. And you want to know, like, I'll know how to dress for my clients that day. Like, mm-hmm. but let's say if I'm having you come in, like, all, like, my high school girls come in, I know I can wear, like, my dunks and my sweatpants and, like, a cute little crop top. Mm-hmm. But if I'm having my girls from Allen come in, you're going to watch me be in a, in a business blazer buttoned up with some slacks on with, like, some cute big old chunky plaid. Looking like a Bratz doll, literally. Like, but business Bratz. Mm-hmm. Business Bratz for sure. But... So I, I honestly like plan my like I book my clients according to like their vibe. So I'm like yeah. so I know what vibe I need to be on today. Yeah. And I'm like so if I have like a chill client come in, like I'm like, okay, she's real, you know, gotta be a little more PG with her, you know, we gotta put a Taylor Swift album on, you know, can't be having no juice world playing with her in my chair right now. So I can't be playing Jesse Murphy Juice World. I gotta play like some Taylor Swift and you know, some some good girl music. I yeah. and um but I just let the client know that they can be comfortable with me. I just, mm-hmm. but I'm very open. I don't lie to my clients. Like, yeah. and I think I just, I built their trust. I, I built, it's like building trust. You have to build the trust with your client for them to be like, for them to finally open up. Like, Absolutely. Like, I remember when I first started doing your hair, you would not talk. You <laughs> no. would not talk. You would sit on your phone. You would watch your shows and everything. Mm-hmm. And I finally kind of got you to start talking more and like once you knew that like i mean yes i may be 27 but i swear to god i feel like i'm 17 i swear (laughs) in my head i'm 17 i'm like i just like i just let my people know you can trust me like i'm fun i'm cool i'm not i'm the least judgmental person because i've been there done that twice and back around the moon like i'm and i I love my older clientele, I do, but I also really love my younger girls, like my high school girls, because I feel like I get to be like a big sister yeah. in like some way, like and um, like like my client Annalise, like I I FaceTime her the other night just to talk to her, and she was being a little crackhead. She was like, "Yeah, I'm 17, and you're FaceTiming me," and I was like, "I'll burn your hair off. Try me. Try me. I'll burn your hair off. Keep keep playing with me." So I had to tell her something. But, like, I love my younger girl clientele. And, um, because sometimes I still feel like I'm 17 again. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Now I get that movie 17 again with Zach Efron and Matthew Perry, which R.I.P. Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry. Oh! oh, my gosh. Taylor Bing was my favorite, that honestly. Broke Could my you heart. be any more serious? Like, I love him. Oh my god, Matthew Perry was so hot. Dude, like, young Matthew Perry. They, they, oh, oh my girl. gosh, they don't make him like that they anymore. They do not. And like, him in the first like two seasons of Friends, mm-hmm. it was so sad though, watching him struggle with all his addiction. Because like, once you knew about it, you saw him go through it in yeah. the seasons. You could like clearly tell. And also, I know that my mom has his memoir. I thought you about to say your mom was like an autograph and be like, give, oh, no. I'm like, give, yeah. give it, hand it over. <laughs> give it, give it now, hand it over. Yeah. yeah. It's sad that because like that's what he wants to be remembered for. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and oh, uh, he was honestly, I think him and Joey probably were my favorite ones because. Yes, I love both of them so much. You know, I said, 
I have a new group of friends. Like I, t- like I say, I don't have friends, but I actually do. Um, <laughs> I was like, I actually do. But I met them through my boyfriend, Anthony. And those people, I'm, I'm the oldest one in the group, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's literally, like, I'm older than all of them. But, like, yeah. I have two best friends named Allison and Bailey and Christy. Um, mm-hmm. Christy is an amazing person. Like, I, I truly love that woman. Like, God, I love her. You've met Christy, I think, before here in the salon, maybe? But I have Bailey and Allison as two of my best friends. Allison's who we I watched get engaged. Oh. Uh, uh, we got to watch her on Thanksgiving. Because Allison dates this guy named Gordon, uh-huh. who is my boyfriend's like best friend. And Bailey dates a guy named Alex, who is my boyfriend's best friend. They're his two best friends. Gordon is more like a brother because when Anthony's family wasn't there for him or wasn't able to be there for him, mm-hmm. Gordon's family took him in. He was there. He was like their second son, like or their third son, because they already have two sons. Um, and we are like the little friends group. We are like friends. Oh. I'm Phoebe, though, of course, because like I love Phoebe. Yeah, I have are. to be Phoebe. You are totally Phoebe. And then Bailey is 100% Rachel with her shopping addiction and everything. But then Allison is Monica. We call Allison the OC, the account manager, and I'm like, you are. Definitely Monica. Mm-hmm. And Anthony is Chandler. Facts. Gordon is Ross. Scoop is Joey. My God. Scoop can do Joey's eyes. Those big eye things. Scoop can do that. <laughs> um, but it's like the this friend group that I, I met a year and a half ago, they've been a great support system too. Yeah. And it's been nice being able because they don't, they don't judge me. None of them yeah. do. They've always been there. They've always had my back. And... They've just been another family, like, and it's just crazy just to, God, I haven't talked about myself, like, about all the stuff that I've been through in a really long time, and it's just, really, it's crazy to look back and think that that's where I was when I was younger to here I am now, and I never thought I would have met these amazing people in my life, and my clients are more than clients. They are family. They built me, and they, my clients are why I am sitting here today. And my son is why I'm sitting here, and my mom and Cassie, and it's just great. I never thought I'd have been here. I never thought I'd have made it here through all the struggles, through everything from kicked out of high school, losing my sister, kicked out of cosmetology school, having a baby, raising a baby on my own, feeling like a terrible mother from having to work and go to school, go to school late nights and work late nights, and just having to be away from my son so much for the first few years of his life. Just to be able to now, where like we can really enjoy it, yeah. and I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything for the world because I wouldn't be the person that I am right now without mm-hmm. all the things that God put me through. And yeah. at the end of the day, like I just, I pray and turn everything to God now, and I don't stress about it anymore. And I just know that everything is gonna work out the way it's supposed to be. There is no. There is no going around what God wants you to go through because you will go through what you are supposed to go through. And I wouldn't be sitting here today, like, had I not had my son. God knew I needed that baby to get me off the path that I was going down. Because I was going down a dark, dark, dark path. Mm -hmm. And I turned to drugs and alcohol, and that's all I cared about. And now I do not even like to drink. I'm like, no, thank you. I'll have a cold Dr. Pepper, please. That is my, that is infused in my blood now, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper and coffee. And coffee. Coffee. Dr. Pepper, Red Bull, and coffee. 
Let's go, baby. For your birthday, I'm just going to get you, like, an entire container of Red Bull and an entire container of Dr. Pepper and gift cards. That's... I'm complete. (laughs) The way to your heart, right? That's the way to my heart. 100%. Well... It was so incredible talking to you today. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. It was honestly so nice to talk to you, and I love how honest and open you are. Yeah, It's incredible, and your story is incredible, and it's just awesome to see, like, where you've come from and where you are now, and I know that a ton of other people could probably use that motivation as well to see like you came from the bottom and like now you're here is that a drake song started from the started bottom, from now, bottom here. now we're here yes started from the bottom now, now we're here, here. <laughs> now, that the we'll let you finish that i'm <laughs> to sit here roll the arms with you yep roll the arms roll the arms i'll be doing that